The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. In this episode, we talk about the giant sensation of inner relief that comes from realizing you're enough. Relief. I'm Sienna. And I'm Toast. We've been partners in life, love, and music since 2001. And we believe life is best lived as a love story. Your love story. After all, to love well is to live well. For more, check out SiennaAndToast.com. But for now, here's this episode. And welcome to it. Toast, is it really a giant sensation? You know, it can be. (laughs) It can be. I think all of life, for me, all of life is a long journey towards towards that and feeling facets of that and, Mm. you know, increments of it. Mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. there's definitely a big difference between being in the rat race and being a rat in that race. Oh, poor rats. And being a rat who says, no, I'm going to rat park. That's right. Yeah. You guys might not know about Rat Park, but Toast will share a little bit about Rat Park in a little bit. Okay. (sighs) All right. So this, we are going to just enjoy being together today, folks. Thanks for joining us for this episode. We appreciate you so much. I know we say that, but do we really mean it? We do. We mean it as much as we can possibly mean it. Because again, as long as people are listening, we will show up. And we will do a podcast for you. As long as and it people helps are listening. somebody. Yeah. I mean, it's not like we're Oprah <laughs> out there, but we're not you know, Oprah. I'm sorry. We're not, you know, like we're not up there, but we're doing what we can. But we're here. And yeah, that's what matters. We're what here. Each of us, we're showing up. Exactly. And that's what every single one of us, none of us does Oprah. <laughs> But you don't have to. You don't be have to Oprah. be Oprah. You're That's not the thing. supposed to be Oprah. You're supposed Oprah's to be Oprah. You. We just need one Oprah. We need one you. And that's what matters. Okay. And that's, I guess that's what this podcast is about. That's this episode, kind of. But reminder: if you do oh, enjoy what? the podcast, oh, we yes. would love to invite you to <clears throat> rate and review it on Apple Podcasts, and. If you do, as a wonderful thank you and just gratitude for you as a listener, just email us, let us know, hey, I rated and reviewed the podcast, and we will send you a $10 off coupon code to use on our shop. And you can email us at info at siennaandtoast.com. We would love that. And we'll probably do this, what, through December? I think so, yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay, so as promised... What, what, huh? Oh, what is as promised? 
in the previous episode, we said, oh, we're going to share more oh, yeah, about yeah, our yeah. date. Yeah. Okay. So for the geeky history folks, yep. gather around. <laughs> <clears throat> we are going to share with you <laughs> uh, the rest of our history museum experience that we had in Oregon City, Oregon. And um, in the previous episode, we shared about going to the Museum of the Oregon Territory. Well, the good folks there sent us over to another historic location in their fine city called the Stevens Crawford Heritage House. And we had a lot of fun going there, too. Mm -hmm. And this house was built in 1908, and it was a traditional, beautiful craftsman home. It was a fancy craftsman. Oh. It was one of, I think it was... Well, it's not built- fancy like the, <clears throat> what was the other house, the old house we went to? Well, that was oh, a mansion. Yeah. This, so, <laughs> this, so was yeah, this was not a mansion. This was not a mansion. This was built um, during the Edwardian era, <clears throat> which followed the Victorian era. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, that's something. So it I wasn't learned. fancy compared to. Yeah, that's something I learned. Yeah, I've, I've, but it was a beautiful craftsman home. And if you've spent any time in Portland, one of the things that we notice, that we noticed ourselves saying, as well as when people have visited us, is, "Wow, look at the homes," because it's the old craftsman homes that just bring the character to Portland alive, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. These beautiful homes with so much history. So we got to spend a little bit of time in one, the Stevens Crawford Heritage House. And it was just amazing. I mean, you walk in, everything, all the panels are beautiful, dark, dark hardwood. I, I'm sure they mentioned the um, kind of wood, but I don't remember what they I'm said. I'm not a wood person, so I don't remember that. But beautiful. They had they had <clears throat> these uh, curving staircases from the kitchen up to the bedrooms, and then also one at the entryway up to the bedrooms. So the house was actually four floors with a full basement, the main floor, the the second floor with the, well, actually, the technically, yeah, the, all the bedrooms, <clears throat> and then a top floor, which is the attic. Which was closed to the public, so we don't know what's going on there. Yes. Um, But there were a lot of pocket doors, the kinds of doors Mm -hmm. that slide out of the wall. Mm -hmm. And apparently this house was built during a time where electricity was just brand new. Yes. So electric lights were in the house, and that was was really fancy at that time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was state-of-the-art, you know. But... The electrical grid was not reliable, so a lot of the electric lights that they had in this house also had a gas-powered option. That was so neat. So that was really neat, yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> there was, on on the chandeliers, for instance, or on the light fixture, there was a little twisty knob that would, I, I guess, release um, the gas yes, in yeah. case the electricity went out. Yeah. <clears throat> what was also kind of neat was um, seeing like like the light fixtures, mm-hmm. you know, or, um, or the the on and off lights and stuff like that, and recognizing recognizing them from, for instance, you, you, like lights in your grandma's house. Oh yeah, you yeah. know, like mm-hmm. the push button, it. the push button, push lights. button lights. Yeah. yeah, yeah, or even like the glass. I don't remember specifically seeing a glass doorknob there. Oh yeah, but they, they had glass doorknobs. Okay, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. the doorknobs. Um, something that I was really fascinated with was um, the audio equipment oh, that they yeah. had in the house. Yes. They had examples of, oh, here, um, let me play it. Yeah, that was so, well. They had a Victrola, which was one of the first phonographs. And this is what it sounded like. Hopefully you can hear that. Anyways, I have a video of it. Maybe I'll post that and put it in the blog. Yeah, that was so neat. And what was what was also amazing is that in the dining room, they had a beautiful music box. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not like your your music box with the ballerina and you put your jewelry in. This is a giant like tabletop music box. Yeah, it wasn't meant to be a children's toy. No. This was meant to be like a fancy for the adults. Like, it was wow, so beautiful. Listen to the music kind of thing. And not only was it so beautiful, is when they turned it on, which we were so thrilled that they were going to do for us. We didn't know that. They turned it on. The sound quality, like it was just so, it was the way it was emanating from that thing. It was really just loud. Just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, okay, you could have a dinner party and play this thing all night long. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yep. I loved it. It was really neat to see how um, it correlated with today's MIDI, you know, the musical instrument digital interface like how yeah i don't think people know that toast (laughs) certain uh (laughs) digital triggers can correspond to any kind of musical sound that's basically how this music box how the music box worked Mm. so anyway that's for music geeking out okay yeah Mm -hmm. anything else from the stevens yes okay so the people the husband and wife, what, what, what were their names? Mary and... Crawford? Well, <laughs> okay, so Harley here we go. Harley Stevens and Mary Elizabeth, that was his wife. Oh, okay. So they had uh, two sons and a daughter, a daughter named Murdy. And Murdy was the last, uh, was the sole surviving person, right, in their lineage, I guess. Okay. She, um... She spent, she lived her whole life in this house, actually. Mm -hmm. And we found that she was also an artist. And what I really loved is that Murdy seemed to be quite organized. She had all of her recipe cards, all of her handwritten recipe cards organized by if it was an appetizer, if it was a beef dish, a fish dish, a, you know, chicken dish or fowl i think it was like pheasant and fowl i think it was called that um breads and biscuits like all of that filed away in a beautiful um room in the in the house yeah and this little the room was pretty pretty small but this little room was was um where you would do most of the prep for cooking so you don't actually cook in that room but that's where I could envision Murdy like kneading the dough or like rolling it out on the, the wood surfaces there mm-hmm. and then transferring mm-hmm. it and bringing it out <clears throat> to the main kitchen and then cooking everything there. Yeah. But you would do all your chopping, all your prep work in this little, little room, yeah. which I thought was so neat. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it was pretty neat because you had the sense, I did anyways, you still had the sense of 
cooking and food prep being a pretty industrial type yeah. of activity. Yeah. Because the stove in there was like, it felt like a factory kind of yeah. thing. It was bulky, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And all these all pipes kinds of things. and everything. Yep. Yeah. Pipes and chains yeah. to, to open up the, there was like a, I mean, it sounds morbid, but there was like a guillotine type of thing, right? Not to actually chop stuff, but to open up oh, yeah. place to reveal where the firewood was to fuel your stove. And mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. anyways. And what was neat. totally neat too <clears throat> that I loved is that where the dining room, so imagine a dining, like a, a dining table, a long dining table and chairs around it. And then the music box that we told you about way in the far corner but on one one end of that dining room, there was sort of like a built-in built-in like type bar. hutch bar that had cabinets where you would put maybe beautiful plates and things like that. But what people didn't know is that uh, the drawers facing the dining room, when you pushed them, so instead of pulling them out, you pushed them, they would open up in that little room where prep was happening. So a lot of times they said, instead of walking around from mm-hmm. the prep room to the dining room, they would just fill the drawers with like the hot biscuits and being on the dining end side, you would just open the drawer and there are your hot biscuits. Mm. So I love yeah, that. Yeah, that's ingenious. Yeah. Yeah. Drawers that serve two different rooms, right? One on each side of that. I thought that thing. was really neat. Yeah. But yet, <clears throat> when they were explaining that to us, I mm-hmm. also thought, but the room was right there. <laughs> <laughs> it was so close. Like, it was just yeah, right there. Right. I mean, it is right there. Yeah. Like, yeah. Three steps away from the dining or whatever it was. Well, you could have. I, I thought, thought the, that was really neat. I thought the cool thing was um, the dishes. Because, you know, like, oh, if, yeah, you're, you're, if yeah. you're washing and drying the dishes, mm-hmm. you can wash them and put them away because that's where the yeah the cleaning happened. And then when you're ready to use them and put them on the table. You just table, open the drawer. Yeah, you open That's the drawer true. from the That's other true. side. That was what I understood. Anyways. Yeah, you can see what history geeks we are. Who else is a history geek? Our listeners, we must have... We, You know what? I know for a fact. We, we have, have some history really, geeks. We have some real geeks. We have um, in a the lot podcast of geek listenership listeners. Because otherwise they wouldn't listen. <clears throat> They'd be like, oh no, I'm too cool for this stuff. And then they would turn us off. But if you're a geek, <laughs> then you keep listening. And then you... No, they wouldn't you, turn us off. <clears throat> we would turn them off. Oh yeah. The cool people It would go both whatever. ways. Yeah, it would go both ways. <laughs> cool today no one's cool actually what is cool getting irritated (laughs) (laughs) okay it's time to move on it's the pressure to be cool which is why we're doing this topic in a way in in an arm's length way but you know who was cool actually when i think about cool people elvis murdy murdy crawford murdy was cool so What we didn't mention is that she lived a very long life and she was actually probably, she outlived a lot of her friends. And so they often um, willed and gave to her their belongings. And so Murdy, super cool Murdy, she ended up with so much 
stuff from her mm. friends, mm. beautiful belongings and gowns and suitcases and pictures and um, fabrics and blankets. She ended up with so many things. She used her entire basement for all of her friends' belongings. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Until the basement was no longer enough. Oh, my gosh. And what ended up happening is Super Cool Murdy built a warehouse of sorts across the street from her, her home and stored all, all hmm. the more belongings there hmm. at the warehouse across. And today, that warehouse is now the home of Wally's Music. You would never know. I think that's so cool. It's pretty interesting. Can you imagine well, the ghosts <clears throat> in Wally's music? She... <laughs> I guess I could. If right? I, yeah, Like I if could. people owned all those things and they're all mixed up in one place. So, well, we don't know the story of what happened with that warehouse, how it changed hands, but obviously now it's Wally's music. But the house itself was left to the Clackamas County Historical Society mm-hmm. when she yep. died. So... I would ass- I would think that all of the belongings in that warehouse were also was also left. Yeah, in fact, they they shared with us the um, who are those the tour museum tour people? Their names? No, I don't what were they? What is what? a museum of the Oregon person called? Docent. Yes. What would they be called that there? I think I so. I guess so in a casual way, right? It was yeah. a very casual tour. Yeah. But um, they shared with us that what they're doing is they're trying to catalog all of those belongings. Oh my gosh. To then showcase okay. the beautiful clothing or just certain pieces, wow. um, but what's what I thought was totally interesting is that uh, the the women there shared that what's a bit confusing for them as they go through all of the stuff that Murdy left behind is they don't know what was Murdy's and what what was what belonged to her friends, mm-hmm. so they really mm-hmm. can't do something you know as a tribute to Murdy mm-hmm. mm-hmm. because they don't know. Yeah. It's just examples of that life during that era. Yes. I love that. I can't wait. I I would love to see the stuff. Mm. (sighs) There is something about, I guess that's the the neat thing about history is I feel there is, there is a spiritual component to the experience of learning about and and connecting with your past Mm -hmm. just as a human being. Just yeah. humanity's past, right? I mean, we don't we don't have any blood relation to Murdy, but oh, just I love Murdy. But but you know, just yeah. just seeing humanity's past, yeah. You just appreciate and that's the spiritual <laughs> component. A moment of silence. <laughs> I was like, that was kind of a long silence there, toast. Yeah. Okay. But I'm yeah, you appreciate you appreciate like Murdy's, you know, what what you would imagine Murdy's life to be like. Hmm. And yet so you feel grateful. You know, but you also feel in a way I don't know if nostalgic is the right word because we never really experienced that ourselves, but it's like wishing for that for what felt like in a lot of ways a simpler time you know wishing for that simplicity ah i see i see you know and not and and being able to having the time to 
see your friends and taking the breathers that we are sharing in this episode, mm. you know, taking those breathers, making, making love meals for people, mm. having people over, playing the music box, mm. you know, and enjoying company like that. Mm-hmm. Probably having your own chickens. I don't know if she had chickens, but you know what I mean? Like making your like own having applesauce, food, having because you're making your food, like back then you made your food, like you made it. It was the closest to nature, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, than closer, ever, closer, right? Yeah. Like closer close, than today. Yeah. Way closer than today. Yeah. So you're actually making the food, making it with love, hopefully, eating you know and talking and just like it just felt uh, simpler okay and with except that except for when you have to like build a fire right <laughs> that's less simple <laughs> than flicking a bick what is that using a lighter, using a lighter the bick oh. lighter flick your bick Flick your bick. That just, isn't that the that isn't I that don't their like, slogan? If that's their slogan, they need to do it again. Okay. All right. It rhymes with too many things. Okay. You know what? We are going to. We are. It's twenty. We talked about Murdy for twenty minutes. Yep. This was not the Murdy episode, really. Now it is. Okay. So what toast? Okay. Let's let's get f- on. Let's with turn it. the page. Let's turn the page and let's just talk more about you know being enough. You know, we actually have talked about being enough when we're talking about simpler times and all that stuff. Um, We decided, hey, let's do this topic in the middle of the holiday crazy rush. That can happen during this time of year. Not saying that it always happens, but we just wanted to provide a kind of just chill out hangout time. And and give voice to a point of view that you don't hear often out there in media land. Because out there in media land, it's either uh, bad news, right? If you if you keep up with the news, um, alarming things and distressing things and things that are, or even social media, like social media is trying to get trying to tries to get you kind of riled up. Because that's what increases engagement in the posts, right? Is to mm. get you riled up about it, angry or indignant or any comments on it or point fingers. There's that. And then there's also uh, the advertisements that, you know, try to convince you that you're lacking something. You're lacking something. You know, you really need to get this thing because you're lacking it. And it's like we wanted to do a, have another voice, be another voice that says, well, wait, you know, and also you're there's enough. A, Just there's, relax. There's a third one. Oh, okay. Okay. And the third one we addressed in a recent podcast episode. Okay. But the third one is painting the picture perfect scene. Oh, yes. That's that right. Just that's right. By default, makes you feel 
implies that you're lacking this perfect this perfection lacking it or that what is being shown is how it's how supposed it's, to be right or that yeah so you feel good after you watch it until you don't it's a double-edged sword yeah it depends on how you process it i think you know because i like the warm fuzzy I like seeing the nice picture-perfect um, decorations that look great on screen. But if you oh, actually walked in, but if you actually sceneries. walked into a home with that, it'd be kind of alarming. Oh, I would with, love it if you have garland over every single doorway. <laughs> you know what I mean? Anyway, okay. I would so, love that. So we're getting off the topic a little bit. You are enough. Um, I. I shared with Sienna before we pressed record on this, because, you know, before we press record, we we talk a little bit about the topic. Like, okay, right? what are, you know, yeah, what, what's the main thing we want? Yeah, we do a little share. huddle. We do a little huddle. And I shared for myself how um, I definitely feel like I'm sure all of us feel. I feel chased by that black dog of... What did you get done? You know, what have you done with your life? Have you achieved, you know, um, everything that you thought you would? You know, like, you, you gotta, you gotta do more. Um, sometimes it can feel like the waves of the ocean trying to cover you and trying to drown you in that feeling of not being enough, not having done enough, not having accomplished enough. Like you thought you would have, you thought you would have, uh, accomplished more by this time in your life, maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, that mm-hmm. feeling, that feeling of like, huh, what great examples you just gave. Well, I'm being very Just vague. that imagery. No, the imagery of the water. I'm like, oh my God, I can't breathe. And then the what? dog, I'm like, oh, tired because the dog's chasing me. <laughs> but that that's the feel. you know, that's yeah, the feeling. No, and, and I think we live, we live in a culture that is all too happy to exploit that for profit you know um but what i feel is my lifeline and what i feel keeps those things at bay and keeps my head above the water and is just like you know what i'm okay is to turn inward and look outward at the same time and by that i mean for example simply walking back to the house after checking the mailbox Right, So I walk out to the mailbox, check the mail, and I'm walking back to the house. And I just take that minute to drink in the fact that there's nothing above my head except the sky, this endless sky. And I can look out as far as my eye can see to the tree line. And it's a, an incredible sunset. Or maybe a not-so-incredible sunset. But look at this sky. It's endless. And I am a part of it. I am a living organism that is a part of this world that exists. Mm. And just simply turning my attention towards that, mm-hmm. you know, it's outward, but it's an inward experience Yeah, that delivers to me 
a, a sensation of gratitude, satisfaction, fulfillment, wonder, and awe. And for me, that is a piece of success. And the opposite, I think, uh, is in the sensation of nothing is enough. You know, like, I, I, I'm not satisfied with seven houses. I need to get more houses. Or I need to get more cars. Or, or I need to buy another sports team. Or whatever, whatever it is. You know, or another relationship. I need to date another person. Or I need to... I don't think that one. I need to eat. <laughs> or I need to eat another... You know, I need to eat another pie or whatever it is, whatever kinds of addictions that pull at us, um, this, uh, the obsession with the next thing that I can get, even if it's might be an experience, you know, it's like, I need to go on my next trip. And that, that sensation of frenetic, the drive, the compulsion that you, you can't that t- that takes over you, mm. like you drown in it. It's like your your life is not your own anymore. It's like you're being driven. You're being you're being whipped and chased into this sensation of needing more, needing the next, feeling inadequate or or feeling like you can't just stop and feel a satisfaction with. I have enough. This this is enough. You know what I mean? And I and I am enough. Yeah. I have enough. I am enough. And I think the the people that you're illustrating right now, mm. I think sometimes for that kind of a person, mm-hmm. I think they are missing the thing that you're talking about, the experience you're talking about that's inward but out, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They're missing that connection, and because of the lack of that connection, they are just consistently trying to search for that feeling through these things. Hmm. You know what I mean? Not having that connection is very unsettling, right? Yeah. Yet you don't know that that's what you're lacking, that that is a lack. That is how you can lack is if you're not connected in that way that you just explained. Okay. Oh, like a genuine, it's a genuine lack. That's a lack. If you're not taking that moment to just to acknowledge that in those moments, you fill up in ways that you, you, you can forget, Mm. you know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I think people who don't take the, those, the time to do that, myself included, you sometimes, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like when you don't have that and you are lacking that, then you start looking for other ways to feel good. 
Yes, but it's very surface. It's right. a very surface way, and it's so quick. It's not even. It's not true. It's never going to make you feel good you enough. Know, it's never. And so, so kind of like what? So you're you you said walking back from the mailbox, right? Right. For me, I gotta say, and I'm always. It's so it's so crazy because I've had so many mornings like this, but it's always a a beautiful surprise to me. Okay, and it's. A super early morning experience, maybe it's like 5 a.m., where I'm in my, I'm going to give them the visual. I'm in my, <laughs> I'm in my, my favoritest ever, ever leopard robe. So I have my robe um, and I have bear, I, I have bear in his harness and I'm outside with bear and it's still, bear is our cat, by the way. It's still dark outside, but I, we walk past our front door a little bit out right by the stairs. And when I look up that moment that I look up, well, actually the first thing when I get out there, it's the air because where Tosa and I live now, the air is just feels so clean and crisp where we are. Um, there's not a lot of traffic. You don't hear cars, nothing. So that's the first thing mm-hmm. where I feel like I'm really communing with nature. I'm mm-hmm. just breathing in this amazing air. Then I look up and then I'm like, oh my God, I see the stars and that I'm always just pleasantly surprised by how much that just delights me. Wow. And fulfills me. Wow. And I'm just looking and I just, the first thing I always think of is we are that, Mm. you know, we are that we are stars. We are, you know, we are that that's me. That's you. That's yeah. And let me just sidebar. She means that literally because the, the elements that are found in living organisms Mm -hmm. can only be made. In, in a star. Yes. So we literally are stars came from things that were stars. Yes. In the past. So I love that. And it's been, we've had such clear, beautiful mornings mm. that the sky is like just that super like blue, black richness mm-hmm. and all the stars are just glittering. And I just, I think that's so amazing. And in those moments, it just feels like nothing else matters. And that mm-hmm. sounds so corny, <laughs> but it, it feels like that. You have to, it's I, like, yeah, you, uh-huh. it's like in that moment, I feel like I know my place in the universe. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay. And all that other stuff that I worry about, like, oh my God, this present's not enough. I need to get another present for this person. Oh my God. I need to make sure this person knows how I feel. So I have to do it in a certain way and I have to make sure I do this. Oh my God. If we're going to have a Christmas party, I need to, we need to have the decorations all just right. Like, like, oh, that stresses me out. Yeah. That's just making drama compared to everything else. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Yeah. But that's my favorite thing. Stars in the sky. It's very cool. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Just love it. The sky. This right there, right? Like walking back from the mailbox, the sky. Going out in the before dawn, it's the sky. And what I love is that the sky is always um well, unless you're underground. The sky is pretty accessible. Mm-hmm. 
You know, it's not like you need to like somehow get mm-hmm. yourself to a nature preserve. Mm-hmm. It's like, look up. Yeah. And I think what I, I think what I find, uh, helpful about the power of taking those, um, what do you call it? What would we call them? I have no clue what you're saying, Mini, so I can't help you. Well, well, just those moments. I mean, and they're, they're just literally a moment. Like it can be 10 seconds, right? Just, I mean, going outside of the house to dump some cat poop into the trash can. Sometimes <laughs> that's, that's, sometimes that's when I look That's your up, moment. You know, yeah. I'm looking up. Yeah. <clears throat> But t- taking those moments in a conscious way to just get your mind off of, again, the, the black dog and the wave that's coming to get you, you know, to, to remove yourself from the matrix. Mm-hmm. I think there's power in that because it disrupts the pattern. Yeah. Right. There, there can be an energy, yeah. there can be an energy pattern of the rat race of, of, um, striving mm-hmm. right and driving your yourself and driving other people to produce and to meet deadlines and to meet quotas and that's and, like our ook song and all that kind of, that we've yet to record yeah. <laughs> and all that kind of stuff there can be that momentum that yeah. again our entire society pretty much um just rolls along with no questions asked every you know, the message is like all about that. It's like strive and drive and yeah. be in the rat race, man, because, you know, the cool kids, you want to be the cool kids. You want to be a winner. You want to be a winner. You want to be a go-getter, right? You want to be a mover and a shaker. You want to be in the top 10. You want to be in the top 100. You want to be in the top 500. Ooh, that's that's where the oh status. That's so stressing That's where the status right and the payoff and the accolades and that's where the approval comes from. So you got to get yourself there. All of that. I think is nullified or you break the momentum of that messaging within your own head. You break the momentum of it, just like calling a timeout um, during a basketball game, right? You break the momentum, break the pattern by these, these sky, sky moments, Mm. you know, just like, Mm -hmm. nope. And just remove yourself. You're like, I'm not playing that game. And I I don't play that. What happens too is like after a sky moment, Mm-hmm. I think that the sky moments actually help you to recalibrate. Mm-hmm. So it's like you can be on that rat race mm-hmm. and then having a sky moment, mm-hmm. like you're recalibrated. And it's almost like when you go back to what you were doing, mm-hmm. you can come back to it with a different kind of presence. Yeah. Yeah. In that, yeah. you know, so there's nothing wrong with achieving. There's right. nothing wrong with mm-hmm. having a long to-do list, but it's how you bring yourself to it. And yeah. if you're going to let it rule you or you're going to just be there and you're going to know everything has its place and time. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the beauties of that. I Sky agree. Moments, I agree. I love that. I think what you're talking about is the spirit of the law versus the letter of the law, which is mm-hmm. one of my favorite things, you know, um, because yeah, you can be doing the same activity mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right you can be driving to some place and it both and it looks the same um from a just a purely vis- visible standpoint from a physical standpoint you're doing the same thing yeah but if you're doing it in a in the spirit 
of rush and stress and pressure and frantic and worry and anxiety. Oh my God, that's one thing. But if you're doing it in a spirit of uh, just being grounded and being Mm -hmm. grateful and recognizing, wow, you get to be a human in, in this time and place and you get to impact other humans around you for future generations to come. That's a whole other place. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. You can be doing the same thing, but with a a different spirit. Okay. So that was our hangout time, huh? Our hangout time around the podcast campfire. Just relaxing. <laughs> Talking about sky moments, mm-hmm. which I love, by the way, sky moments. And I guess if anything, we would leave you with just inviting you to think about your day and your daily routines and think, are there times you can incorporate some sky moments into your everyday routine so that they become, you know, great moments of recalibration, appreciation, enoughness, feeling the stardust of yourself. Mm. I like Enjoy that. that. Feel the stardust of yourself. <gasps> I love stars. a stardust Christmas. I love <laughs> snowflakes and stardust. <laughs> That's a it's good one. Snarf, snowflakes, snarf, snowflakes, <laughs> and stardust. <laughs> Ah, starflakes. Starflakes and snow dust. <laughs> okay. A yeah. stardust holiday. Hallmark, come and get us. Come on. Lifetime, actually. Lifetime have, has been pretty progressive with You've their said, yeah. with their Hallmark-esque movies. Um, they've really stepped it up in terms of what they were casting starting to deliver in terms of because okay so hallmark came out with all their christmas movies Mm -hmm. and lifetime says oh we're gonna copy you Mm -hmm. and then they started copying hallmark and then it wasn't that good but my brother who is also a lover of hallmark movies said hey watch lifetime so i did and lifetime really has stepped up and i believe that they will be the first network oh a prediction here we go here comes a prediction you heard it here to have a gay couple as the main characters. I'm waiting for it. The lead acting roles will be gay couples. So, so the love story of... will be the gay couple. Okay. Instead of, which I still give, I, I still love Lifetime for this, mm-hmm. which is the, the gay brother of the main character looking for love. The main character is looking for love. Uh And it's his gay brother who has a beautiful husband. Lifetime showed that recently. Thank you. Thank you, Lifetime. Yes. Yes. And they're also casting um, all kinds of different types of um, ethnicities. And, you know, they're being inclusive. And they're reflecting that real America. Real life. Yes. Real life, so closer, anyways. closer to real life. Yeah, closer, <laughs> closer to real life. A real life Christmas. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my gosh! That should be an SNL skit. 
a real life Christmas. <laughs> and then it can be, you know, the family strife and all that. That'd be hilarious. Oh my God. So funny. All right. Anyways. Okay. So thank you. Thank you for listening, for sticking with us on this casual chat on Star Moments. We hope you enjoy. Sky Moments. Oh, same thing. Star Moments too, right? I guess. Sky Moments and Sun and Moon Moments. Okay. (laughs) Let's have some meteoric moments. snow moments and rain moments. Okay. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. (laughs) Hope you're having a great holiday season. Stay safe. Be safe out there. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. And don't forget for the month of December, uh, rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Send us an email to let us know you did it. Our email is info at com, And we would love to send you a $10 off coupon code. Good for our shop at com slash shop. Okay. Until next time. Thank you. This is Sienna. And this is Toast inviting you to come and live your love story. Do you want to deepen your connection to the divine, speed up your progress on the spiritual path? Then tune in to the Spirit Matters podcast. I'm the host, Philip Goldberg. And I interview experts with wisdom, insight, and practical guidance for every seeker of truth. Spirit Matters on the mindbodyspirit.fm network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.